You're listening to the Conversations with Kids Peace podcast. Advice, information, and inspiration from experts at the leading provider of mental and behavioral health services for children, adults, and those who love them. Now, here's your host. Hello, and welcome to our podcast series, Conversations with Kids Peace. I'm Bob Martin. We are recording this at a traditionally downbeat time of the year. The holidays are over, except for maybe the Bills. The Super Bowl has concluded, and the calendar and Puxatoni Phil the Groundhog are in a conspiracy that winter's got uh, still a month or more to go. So given that, we thought it was fitting to talk about the winter blues or the winter blahs or whatever you call the dip in mood that affects so many of us right about now. For that discussion, we're pleased to have with us Chris Ferry, Executive Director of Pennsylvania Community Programs for Kids Peace. Chris, always a pleasure. I'm happy to be here. All right. So let's start off right off the bat. Are the winter blues real? In general, do many people feel more depressed or less energetic at this time of year? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the winter blues are real and a type of depression that occurs during the shortest, coldest, and darkest days of the year, but they dissipate over the spring. Now, is, is it mostly the weather, or is, is there a post-holiday letdown or the start of the year kind of thing, or is it a combination? Uh, its causes are not completely understood, but it's generally thought to be a biochemical result of lack of daylight. There's a few theories. The main theory is that the lack of sunlight affects the workings in the brain. This is the uh, hypothalamus, and then that affects neurotransmitters and uh, really how the brain communicates. And people experiencing winter depression typically have low levels of serotonin and high levels of melatonin. And uh, serotonin, as many people know, it's the, it's the happy molecule. And this uh, plays an important role in your mood and learning, uh, memory, and sleep. And then your brain produces melatonin every night when it starts to get dark. And during the winter, people with winter blues uh, produce higher than normal amounts of melatonin, which makes you feel tired most of the day. Uh, there's a couple other theories, uh, one, one about uh, vitamin D, and uh, 77% of Americans have low vitamin D levels. And um, basically, this is based on you get vitamin D from sunlight, and uh, there's a UV index. And uh, if the, a UV index has to be higher than three in order for vitamin D to kick in. And unfortunately, in the northern hemisphere where we live, this only occurs about three, three months out of the year and, and over the summer months. There's also a theory about uh, being genetic, and a lot of people think that uh, you know, it runs in the families, and there's some, some research about history of depression and substance abuse being linked to it. And then there's a, there's a research that it's, a, it's an innate survival skill. And if you, if you think back about our ancestors, um, um, you know, they kind of semi-hibernated um, you know, during the winter months, much like a bear and something like that. And it's really to conserve energy. So there's a, there's a theory around that. And then you know, lastly, you talked a little bit about holidays. And, and certainly it's linked to holidays. If you think about what you do and what I do between Thanksgiving and, and New Year's is we eat terribly, we drink too much, um, we're around people sometimes we don't want to be around. Uh, it brings up a lot of uh, you know, outside memories and behaviors, unresolved family issues. And, 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 then, and we're busy. We're, there's a yeah. lot more on the, on, the, on the plate, so to speak, you're in t- addition you're tired. to the bad food. Yeah, you're tired, you're lethargic, you've eaten too much, you've drank too much, you've been around people you really don't like to hang around with, and then it's all over real quick, and the, the sunlight's poor, and your energy level's poor, and you're, you're here kind of uh, 
reflecting on this. Now, you mentioned some of this, um, that we talked about the levels of serotonin, uh, et cetera. Are there physiological aspects to what we would call sort of the winter blahs, like something physically that we would look at as as potentially a problem? Sure. So, you know, common uh, would be your energy levels low, um, you you sleep more than usual, uh, you feel unmotivated, bored, uh, you're less interested in friends, some activities that you usually enjoy. And then uh, the other main one connected to this is you overeat and uh, gain weight. And typically, you have cravings for carbohydrates. I, I have to say, you, when you say you, I know you meant it generally, but you could have said me specifically on that. Everybody craves carbohydrates. <laughs> and and you mentioned that you know we have a lot of different theories about it. Are there certain segments of the population who may be more susceptible to this kind of, of uh, sort of mild depression? Yeah, of course there are. And, you know, going back to the main theory, it's, it's based around um, sunlight. So uh, winter blues peak in January and February in the northern hemisphere, and then July and August in the summer hemisphere. And the further you live from the equator, the greater you are at risk. So if you live in northern U.S., Canada, Europe, you're actually eight times more likely to experience the winter blues than those mm-hmm. who live in sunny Florida and Mexico. And then another study has been done where women are two to three times more likely uh, to get the winter blues and are four times uh, more common uh, to get what's called seasonal affective disorder. I want to talk about that because we've been talking about this in a, in a general sense, but um, seasonal affective disorder, which has that you know very apt uh, acronym of SAD or SAD mm-hmm. is a is a fairly serious condition, isn't it? Sure, it's a disorder. So you know you're you're talking about something that is just kind of a common like blah feeling to something that is actually diagnosed uh, with an acronym of SAD, which is you know the double whammy there. And uh, seasonal affective disorder is a type of depression uh, displaying a recurrent seasonal pattern. And to be diagnosed, you must uh, meet a full criteria of major depressive disorder coinciding with a a specific season for at least two years. Wow. Now, let's say you do get diagnosed with this. What can be done for that person? Uh, Well, you know... Really, it's understanding um, kind of if you cross the lines or not, and uh, and that's about so you know what's the difference between the winter blues and seasonal affective, and um, you know some something that's interesting is it's about four to six percent of people have SAD, and another ten to twenty percent have a milder form of what you would call you know the winter blues, and um, you know, some of the most commonly reported symptoms uh, are you know, just exaggerated forms of the, the normal winter blues. So it's a significant fatigue. It's pervasively sad mood. It's a loss of interest in activities. You're sleeping way more, craving uh, more things you shouldn't be. And then uh, you've gained at least 5% of your of your weight uh, and, and have difficulty concentrating. Um, you know, certainly it's a, it, it's, it's more prone in higher latitudes and, and symptoms are uh, if symptoms are mild and short, then you're talking more about, you know, the winter blues. So I think it's a, it's it's a good note to know that there's a significant difference in these two, and then and then you know we'll talk about what can be done about it as well. Before we leave, said I, I, one thing that I'm I would be concerned about um, if if I had a family member, for example, that was diagnosed with it was um, because of what we've said in terms of how people handle some of these issues when they're dealing with depression. Um, there's probably an element of concern about, um, you mentioned weight gain, 
overeating, over you know drinking to excess, um, perhaps going into you know uh, abusing drugs and that sort of thing. I mean, it, we, we do have that with folks who are having depression that they do have these co-occurring issues, and we have to be very careful as to what we. Uh, as, as we're dealing with them to understand that, that if you see that issue, that may not be the underlying issue. It may be something like depression sure. or SAD. Sure, and that's, that's very common in, in, in disorders across the realm. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the, uh, um, there's over 300 disorders, and a lot kind of mimic another one. So it's really good if, when in doubt, you know, it's get professional help, get a professional consult. And, uh, and a great, you know, and a, and a good hard uh, assessment done so you can kind of weed out things. And really, I, I like to tell people that with any disorder, it has to impact your daily functioning for a certain amount of time. So, you know, if it's, oh, you know, I just felt down after the holidays for a week and all of these things happened and I, I have depression. Well, no, not if you return to normal. It's not impacting your daily functioning. So diagnosis is really based on that impact across a realm of, of home and community. And then, you know, how long has it taken? You know, it's, it's been reoccurring for six months. Typically it's six months to two years is what a lot of things uh, we look for with uh, diagnosis. So as you mentioned before, you know, it's, it's thankfully a small number of people who have the, the uh, diagnosable issue with this, but a lot of us are dealing with just the winter blues as we've been talking about. Any ideas, any tips for folks on how they can, uh, either combat those or at least mitigate their effects? Sure. You know, for, for diagnosis for SAD, um, there's a variety of lifestyle modifications that people will do, uh, eating healthy, taking right supplements, getting physical exercise, practicing meditation that have all been proven to be quite effective. That'd be the same with uh, the winter blues. But with SAD, um, there's also going to be some treatment recommendations, medication being one, um, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSI, SSRIs, are used for their antidepressants is, is a great one. Um, two real interesting ones is a light box therapy. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. And then there's a Dawn simulator as well. And, and light box therapy has been shown to be very effective. And it's basically you're waking up in the morning and you're sitting next to a bright light for 30 minutes. And you can do kind of your own thing and... Um, you know, catch up and you, you, you actually have to stay awake. You have to, your eyes have to be open the whole time. And then the dawn simulator is um, basically it's, it's hooked up and it's a device uh, in, your, in your bedroom that gradually brightens over a period of time. So it takes you about 45 minutes before you wake up. It's like an alarm clock. And basically your lights will start to dim on until they're bright when it's ready for you to wake up. So you're getting that extra exposure to light. And then lastly, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, is, is a technique that's very useful and effective and with a lot of disorders, but it's also very good with uh, you know, patients with SAD. And that's where you're just replacing negative thoughts with positive thoughts, and, and you know, you're, you're working with a very good, uh, skilled uh, clinician at that point. So those are all very useful for SAD, but you know, some, you know, if, you, if you're like me and you just kind of get the winter blues, some things that you can do, make your environment brighter, um, you know, cut down some trees, open up some windows, listen to cheery music. Those have all been proven. Uh, eat smarter, replace the unhealthy processed foods with vegetables and high proteins and um, you know, the good fatties like uh, nuts and avocados, which is, again, good for everything. 
exercise, uh, getting about 15 minutes of, of walking. They even suggest for the winter blues to walk outside, even though it's cold out, it just kind of gets you in, in better, your heart rate's better, you're actually getting some light. That sounds like some, some of the recommendations I've heard from people uh, trying to hold back on jet lag. Yeah. And they say the same Very thing. Similar. It's sunlight, it's fresh air, it's exercise. It can basically help uh, get your system back into you know, good working order. Yeah. And then supplement-wise, I mean, over-the-counter stuff, uh, fish oils have been highly effective for winter blues, uh, anything with the vitamin D. Um, you know, and a fun fact, Iceland has one of the lowest uh, percentages of seasonal affective disorder. And you think of Icelandic people, I mean, it's a cold, dark area. That, but, that is very far north. <laughs> but, but what do they eat a lot of? Fish. Fish. So they consume more fish uh, than the average American or, or probably average person in the world. So they have a very low um, you know, occurrence rate of seasonal affective disorder because they're eating a lot of fish. They're high in fish oil and very high in vitamin D. Wow. Um, another great, two other great things to do, and one thing I, I think I do a lot of is um, you, you plan something. So here we are, we're sitting, you know, where it's, it's snow and it's cold, and you start to plan your summer vacation. And just the thought of planning a summer vacation gets you a boost, gets you a boost of happiness. You start to think about it more, and you're planning little side trips. Great thing to do. And then the last thing is um, create a checklist, a to-do list. So it could be something really small, like you want to take clutter out of a closet, but um, you know it's your brain accomplishing something. So you have a checklist at home, and this is what I'm going to do because I'm stuck inside for the next two days, or I don't want to, you know, I can't get outside, the roads are bad. So do, do you know, a little checklist and you know, I want to clean out this, I want to do this, reorganize this. And that's always very helpful. That's great. Chris, final question. We ask all our guests uh, to help our audience out with a life hack, a piece of advice, an idea, a suggestion, a little bit of inspiration. The example I use is I always said, my dad, who was in sales for almost 40 years, his, his recommendation was when you're traveling, on business, always pick up the breakfast check because they only get bigger the rest of the day goes <laughs> on. So um, what's your best life hack for us today? You know, I have, I have tons of life hacks. I, I, I do. Um, you know, as far as saying wise, I, I think when I think about something like this, I think about a quote, uh, you cannot direct the wind, but you can adjust the sails. So it's just a great way to look at things and I'm a uh, I'm a, a reality based therapist and uh, Dr. Glasser and and you know he's always talking about you don't have control over the things that affect you that 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 happen to you but you always have control over how you allow it to impact you so it's the same thing you know you, you, the wind's going to come um, adjust the sails and live on outstanding. Chris, thanks for being with us. Chris Ferry is Executive Director of Pennsylvania Community Programs for Kids Peace. Thanks a bunch. It was really great. I appreciate you taking the time. I look forward to doing it again, my friend. All right. And thanks to all of you listening for joining us. I'm Bob Martin. We look forward to having you join us again for more Conversations with Kids Peace. Take care. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions about our Conversations podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Go to www.kidspeace.org to learn more about the series and share your thoughts.